This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuck back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside, he's Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast Podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this weekend's game against Bournemouth at Turf Moor. Sunday, one o'clock I think it is. Uh, I know it's definitely Sunday. Pretty so. John's nodding, so that's my that's all the confirmation <laughs> I need. Um, it's part of Super Sunday, which I do find quite amusing. Uh, I don't think many people uh, are going to, and I'm speaking as a Burnley fan, uh, are going to want to watch uh, Burnley against Bournemouth. I don't think many Burnley fans are going to want to watch uh, with the way the season has gone so far. Uh, but you will recognise John, who's from Cherry's Red Army. He was on earlier in the season. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, doing good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us on, uh, having me on again. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but. Um... Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, it's quite. We we're just talking off air, work, but it's quite funny actually because obviously I don't know how many of you watched a relegation rivals show that me, John, uh, a Sheffield United fan called Jimmy, and a Luton fan, I think it was Ollie, um, <clears throat> excuse me, did. 
And we're all debating about who could go down and stuff. And obviously, every single one of us are quietly confident that our own team would get out of it. Now, you won't. If, if you find me a Burnley fan who thinks we're going to get out of it, I'll show you somebody who, who's deluded um, because it's just not going to happen. And, and John has lit, honestly genuinely just, well, not John himself, but Bournemouth have, has just flown away um, to the point where I would just, just set off air. I could probably think of six or seven or even eight teams uh, that I choose to go down before Bournemouth. Um, but I am surprised to see that you're 14th. I did think you're a little bit higher than that, but you know, 28 points, that's probably going to be enough already um, <laughs> to stay up. So, yeah, obviously, season's gone pretty well then, John, I suppose, for, for what your ambitions would have been at the start of the season. I'm guessing it would have probably been stay up number one and then kick on if you can. And obviously, it's looking like you're going to stay up, isn't it? Yeah, I think expectations sort of have rose and dipped through the season um you know it, it was at the start bringing in a new manager taking you know somewhat unceremoniously saying goodbye to gary o'neill and bringing in the new manager Iriola, and seeing a lot seeing how the team was starting to look in pre-season there was a lot of optimism amongst amongst fans and and those that are you know the the, the tactics crowd on youtube were were very much um saying Iriola could bring something special to Bournemouth and they could be maybe pushing for a top half finish. I didn't buy that personally, but I did think that 13th was a realistic expectation. And then obviously um, when we last spoke, uh, we'd gone first nine games in the season with three points without a win. And it was a case of, is the manager going to get sacked? That's the outside. The outside expectations was, wow, has he done that bad? They're going to change manager and they're going to go back to whatever they, they were doing before. Or, um, and, and then it was just, okay, just let's, let's try and stay up. That's, that's the most we can do. Go on this fantastic winning streak and, and with, uh, where we reach a point where we were the form team in the country or form team in the, in the league anyway. Um, and then, and then it's sort of dialed back again because we are without a league win in, in 2024 currently. Um, and that's what's seen us drop a few places back, a few poor performances. And, you know, it's, it's sort of been what could have been a top half finish is now very much the fans are probably sort of like, OK, I think we all think we're safe in all likelihood. No one's looking, no one's really looking over the shoulder, particularly when you look at Everton and forest in the likelihood that they're going to drop some more points as well um and so it's sort of a case like okay we've probably stabilized now let's just see through the rest of the season and then icing on the cake is maybe get sort of try and push the top half probably won't happen now fingers crossed Dom Solanke gets in the England squad. That's like the, that's like the icing on the cake for the rest of our season sort of thing. Cause right now it's sort of like, what's there left to play for? Not a lot. But what I will say is that it's actually exciting going to Bournemouth games at the moment, um, which it hadn't been for a good three, four seasons. So um, this is, this is something that we're, we are very much enjoying with, with the new manager. Yeah, interesting. Before we get further into the show, I just want to remind you all that this episode of the pre-game show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Burnley fixture over the 23-24 season, obviously including Sunday, uh, which will be broadcast live, so you can watch it at every single Green King Sport venue. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter where you're based, you can watch every single minute of the action. And a reminder that if you download the Green King Sport app, you won't just get 10% 
20% off all drinks anytime there's a match on the TV. But this month, there's also thousands of pints of free Guinness to be won and a chance to win one of six holidays. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's interesting that you mentioned there, John, that you weren't um, finding it entertaining going to Bournemouth games over the last three or four seasons because within them three or four seasons has seen a promotion and... um, Something that we are desperate to have. Um, uh, what, what's the, a survival in the Premier League? I had a bit of a brain fart then. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't think of it. Um, but we are finding it very tedious this season, trying to play football in a certain way, but just getting battered every single week. And I mean it with the greatest of respect to Crystal Palace, but they are average. Like, Don't get me wrong, we'd love to be average. We're dreadful. But they made an absolute meal of us at the weekend. They, they destroyed us far too easily. And... Even though you've just everything you've just mentioned, like your, your form's dialed back a little bit, you haven't had a, a league win in 2024. Don't worry, mate. Same. <laughs> um, still, not many Burnley fans are going into this one confident. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I do find it a little bit bizarre that you've said that, but I guess that's a style of play thing between Ariola and O'Neill. Yeah, absolutely. But to be fair, it's not just O'Neill. It, it wouldn't be right for me to single out O'Neill at all because O'Neill was before you can say anything else about O'Neill, he was a success, regardless of yeah. whatever Bournemouth fan... No, no Bournemouth fan wishes O'Neill anything other than success in his in his, in his his role at, at Wolves. I honestly don't see how any, any of us could. Um, but it was the case of you had Gary, uh, Gary O'Neill, before you remember Scott Parker, before that was Jason, um, it was um, Woodgate on a temporary basis, and before that was Jason Tindall, who wasn't all that good either. We're all really, there was nothing all that special about the style of play. It was all rather negative, particularly with Scott Parker and Gary O'Neill. Even in the promotion winning season, it wasn't great football under Scott Parker. Mm. It was fine. And to be fair, Bournemouth had like easily one of the top two squads in the division for that season um and you know we there's a, a lot of Bournemouth fans looked at it it's like we almost went up in spite of Scott Parker at times um in that season and it was a very much yeah. like you scored the first goal right let's just sort of see that out now it really I really do think that if Scott Parker had the choice he would have just taken a one nil after before every single game and it's not fun uh, it's it's what what Burnley had when you went through your promotion season was very entertaining football under Vincent Company, and what you've got now with Leicester, with Leeds, these teams that have struggled at the bottom end of the Prem, as many do, are, are going through fantastic seasons of really attacking, entertaining football, and Bournemouth didn't really get that with Scott Parker. We we mm. we got winning football and we got a few good games, but most performances were very by the books and you know with with O'Neill it was again very defense first, an incredibly counter-attacking system that didn't really get many chances, but the chances they got tended to be pretty high quality ones. Having said that, statistically you want to take almost everything every single attacking and defensive stat and you can throw at it forest and bournemouth were the worst two teams last season and yet we somehow stayed up and i mm. can't really tell you how um but we did we did we somehow we stayed up and um this season has just been so much more entertaining just in in all round every time i watch a bournemouth game i'm so confident that i'm going to see a really 
aggressive, t a really sort of a really high pressing side. They're going to be on the front foot, which is something Bournemouth fans are used to for decades. Of even when they were in League One and League Two, yeah. they'd still be a front foot team. And it's entertaining to watch. The midfield are confident on the ball. The defence worked the ball well. You've got form attackers in the likes of Solanke. You've got Sinistera and and others that just that really can do something going forward. And it hasn't been perfect at all. More recently, some players have struggled, but it has been good to watch for the most part. There's been a few few games here and there. The defeat against Liverpool was not great. Um, but even the 3-1 loss, which I went to on New Year's Eve away to um, Spurs, was not a 3-1 game. And we were really quite good in that match, but we got picked off the counter. But we looked like every on every really angle we looked the match for spurs in a lot of ways and that's just so encouraging to see even despite the defeat um and yeah i just it gives me so much confidence that after another year of football because I, again i don't see it's going down now after another after a full season another pre-season couple more players like top half finish is something that I think a lot of Bournemouth fans will be looking for next season because of how much they rate the team doing under under, under this manager. Yeah, you, you alluded it to it at the start of the show and kind of alluded to like how well you've done since then. But obviously, at the start of the show, we gave you your first win. Um, um, sorry, early in the season, we gave you a, 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 your first win. Mm -hmm. We actually went in front, then just got battered like we tend to do every single game these days. Um, but what's the difference between that first six, seven, eight games or whatever it was before you played us and then the games after it? Obviously, not including the last four or five, because as you said, your form has dropped off. But why were you so much better? Was it just you needed that win to give you the confidence? Absolutely. Yeah. because I, and, and I do think that it, it really was a case of you did give us that win as well, which I think was probably one of the frustrating <laughs> things about that for, from a Burnley perspective Mate, on that one. Me. We've done it a lot of times this season. It, because... We didn't look like scoring the winning goal in that game because it was like we we certainly looked we looked to the slightly better team from memory, but it wasn't a massive difference. Your goal, obviously, through it just it just felt at the time felt so typical that Charlie Taylor that hasn't scored a goal in a decade or however long it was picks up you just lashes it in from outside the box um, on the volley yeah. from a corner, and then. Semenyo scores a really nice goal, but he nicks it off Taylor in the build-up to as part of the high press, and then um, billing it to goal through um, hitting it from just inside your half after nicking it off a poor pass from the right back, I believe it was. Um, Classic, to, yeah, exactly. To to and it was like both both were very avoidable from a Burnley perspective, and for Bournemouth, we yeah. just needed that. We just needed something to go our way because you know it was quite a few of the games were just it, it that we we build up to before that were the small things that just didn't quite happen for us in in one area or another like we lost 3-1 to Brighton we were absolutely battered them in the first half but right at the end of the of the first half a really unfortunate own goal where it was just like a, a shot that's not going anywhere or a cross that's going out it just nicks off the defender and just pokes it past the goalkeeper and then they score within 30 seconds of the second half and suddenly 1-0 lead's gone 2-1 and we lose that one 
and then this was the game where something actually happened and went our way. And it just was that little bit of confidence that I think the squad needed to be like, okay, no, this high-pressing system really can work. Because it did help that yeah. we obviously won the ball off you twice in your own half and then scored from that. So then, you know, when the games then push on from there, you know, there's so much more in the squad to be able to have the confidence to say things would work well. We then go to Man City straight after that and lose 6-1, which... I actually think was the up until a couple of days, up until a week ago when we, we lost 1-0 to them at home, that 6-1 loss was probably the best performance we'd ever had against Man City. They were just ridiculously mm. clinical and it was that Doku show, show yeah. when he scored one and assisted four. But then we play Newcastle, a weak Newcastle. We take advantage of that and we comfortably beat them 2-1. We go to Sheffield United and we start hitting some winnable games and suddenly it all pushes forward, culminating in beating Man United 3-0 at theirs, which was history-making for us, which was fantastic. But going into that game, I was very confident. I wish I should have put money on it because I was so confident that we were going to at least get a point from that game. And really, I thought we would win. Yeah. We did. So it really did need that first win to build confidence in the, in you know in the squad and and the players to know the manager what the manager wants from us will get us results because after 8 or 9 weeks of it not the players will have started to doubt it but then suddenly they had the confidence for it hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, like you say, it's typical Burnley that. like We handed the win to you, which we've done several times this season. Palace twice. Um, West Ham, you know, I can think of so many examples where we've just... Teams haven't had to break sweat to beat us. And it's interesting, given your perspective on that win and how you know we felt we were two quite evenly matched teams, you were perhaps slightly better, but then we kind of threw it away, which is just how we felt all season. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier that there's not a lot to play for for you guys now because top t- top half is probably achievable, but it may, it may or may not be, and you don't think you're going down. Obviously, you've been concentrating on the Leicester game this week. Obviously, you went out to Leicester last night in the FA Cup after extra time. Um, could you have just like took your foot off the gas a little ahead of this game and, and maybe been focusing on the FA Cup? Or do you think main thing has still been the Premier League? Um, I'm sure the manager will have said that it's it's you know premier league is premier league survival is still the main priority for the season but i do think that when you look at some of the sides that were out of the cup and that we were playing a team even if they are doing very well in the championship in, in at top of the championship in leicester winning that game would have gotten us one match away from wembley and we had a decent chance of playing quite a few teams that are not part of the big big six or seven um heck even getting newcastle wouldn't have been a bad draw in the next round obviously they just about got past blackburn 
but um it was it it was a very tight game and the the big issue that we had in that game was we just couldn't get our shots on target properly i think we had i can't remember the stats but i think we only had like four shots on target out of about 27 20 odd 20 odd shots that i think it was about four on target and in the in extra time i think we had nine shots none of which were on target it's just that was the very clear issue and it has been scoring goals in the last few weeks that has been the bigger the bigger problem it doesn't really help that your main man dom Solanke has been nursing a knee injury for a little while and is decided they decided to rest him uh for for this match so he's not available the guy that you brought in to replace him as your second striker, who now he gets a shoulder injury and goes off at half time, and after that, you don't really have a dedicated number nine on the pitch, and it really showed. We had good play up until the final third, and then it just fell apart, which is the concern going into this game. That if Solanke, if they decide Solanke is not able to play, and we might not have our second choice striker, the next best option is. Probably Semenyo is the number nine, and he's been playing as a winger all season. And he's not clearly just not quite in that. He's not set in that position. It's not his. It's not been his role, and it doesn't look like it suits him at the moment. Even though he has played as a nine in the past for Bristol City, and has done it occasionally for us. Mm. So that's that's the big concern of it at the moment is scoring goals. Um, because in terms of being able to control the ball and dominate possession, I do think the defensive midfield has, has gotten better and better at that through the season. I think we did that for sixty percent of the Leicester game, but just couldn't just couldn't hit the backside of a barn door with a banjo. It was it was just really, really poor show of finishing from all of our attackers. So um I'm hoping something changes uh, in, in the next few games. It will at some point, it just the sooner the better, because we've got a decent run of fixtures coming up. Um, and you want to be able to take advantage yeah. of that when you've got it. Well, well, don't worry, mate. We uh, we we leak goals for fun. I think we are the <laughs> that we've conceded the second most in the league. Only conceded two clean. Uh, oh, sorry, only kept two clean sheets this season. Um, you mentioned Solanke there. It would be a miss of me to. I do want to ask other questions and stuff. But it'd be a miss of me not to to pork on that one. Um, what's the situation with him then? Because obviously. We realise that we're pretty dreadful at the back. We realise that Bournemouth are a different animal with Solanke than they are without Solanke. So we obviously hope that you know he misses the game. I know he missed, like you said, that the Leicester game. But I, I mean, you'll know more than me. But I felt it was more a case of just resting him because he's 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 had a bit of an injury, but he's probably going to be fine for the weekend. Is that the vibe that you're getting? Um, I think it probably will be. I think I imagine he will probably feature in the match, and that this was an opportunity more to rest him because he wasn't a necessity to play, and we did want to play, start yeah. Unal. But from what I've what has since come out is that he's he's been nursing this knee injury since um, the Spurs game, which was on New Year's Eve. And I do remember in that game him getting quite a nasty tackle and going down, staying down for a bit. But then he continued with the match. And this is the case with a lot of professional footballers. They're often carrying niggles or some sort of injury yeah. and they get their injections to take them through it and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's, it's not ideal. And it, it has looked at times in the last few weeks that it's like he hasn't quite been on it in the same way that he has in, in previous, in previous months. So, um, I'd still expect him to feature, but the fact that they sort of made it aware that 
we're not going to use him at all in this game. Despite the fact yeah. that there was a very high chance that he would probably be needed if if we had been involved, even from the bench, because Leicester are a very good side. Um, the fact that we didn't decide to put him in the matchday squad at all, I think, told told a bit more that you know maybe there's a little bit more worry in here than than um, than we'd like. But I mean, like like you mentioned, the other option is that it's just a case of we're resting him up he'll be involved going forward as as long as nothing gets any worse. Um, and that's what we're all hoping for, and certainly from a Bournemouth side of things anyway. I was going to say, uh, I would not like to echo them. <laughs> said, I, I hope he's fine. I do like him as a player. I don't wish a nasty injury on anybody. Uh, but maybe just a niggle that keeps him out for, for another week, please. Um, I do want to ask, obviously, about Vincent Company and Burnley this season. Obviously, there's a lot of noise um, pretty much outside the club about why Vincent isn't being criticised as much as somebody else would. I mean, I'll tell you now, it's because he's called Vincent Company. Um, I still want him in, which a lot of fans will agree with me, but there's a louder and louder section of fans now that do want him out. Um, But again, we're trying to have... As I'm sure you've mentioned, uh, I'm sure you're aware, we're trying to have an identity and a, and a plan. And if we obviously get rid of him and bring in somebody like Wilder, and not, not that we would, because obviously he's at Sheffield United now, but that completely gets rid of the plan and, and the identity that we want to achieve. So what are your thoughts on Burnley that looking to, to, to stick by Vincent Company despite such a horrendous season, which could essentially see us as one of the worst Premier League sides of all time? Yeah, I, um, I think that company has been very naive um is is certainly how i would i would say in terms of the the plans it's partly i'd imagine due to the due to the ownership as well um because when you or when you go up into a new league particularly one as competitive as, as the premier league and as much as the teams that have just come down from the prem aren't all that much worse than the teams at the bottom of the, are still at the bottom of the Premier League, like Leicester in, in their resources and whatnot. Look at Leeds and there are others that are like, they're not far away from being at the same level of the teams at the bottom of the Prem. You, you can't, you can't take a style that is essentially trying to be Man City in the Premier, in, in the championship and then still think you can be Man City in the Premier League um, with, with the same ideas. Even, you know, you look at, Eddie Howe kind of did it when coming up with Bournemouth, but he was still quite gung-ho, but things are very different now, obviously, compared to a decade ago. Look at, I'd say, more so Brentford and what Thomas Frank went from quite a ball-dominant, progressive side in the championship and then just decided, no, that's not going to work, so I'm going to completely shut up shop and switch to a back five, and we're just going to stay up for two seasons and then we'll push on. Whereas trying to be that incredibly dominant ball playing side and taking that into the chat into the premier league as as you have done with a completely different squads as well which was the thing that's that sort of surprised that, that's the thing surprised that me so fans, much yeah. is that like the one thing that you when you look at when you look at when nottingham forest came up um they completely refreshed their squad but they had to because they had so many lone players and that was kind of like okay that's fine but they also had quite a defensive style and they still did up until they sacked Cooper. You look at Bournemouth, we kept pretty much the entirety of the squad with one or two changes, but we also stayed very defensive and we shut up shop. Not a massive style difference, but relatively similar squad. You you maintain that cohesion. 
Luton, I think, struck a nice balance between keeping the squad and bringing in a bunch of new players, but mixing it in quite a lot. It felt very weird that Burnley went and made such a significant squad change, but also bringing in mostly youngsters, which it can't... Like, okay, you'll get the odd moment where a team comes through and does something that's completely against the grain and it works, but it's... It's a hell of a roll of the dice. That's trying, you know, that's that's going for double zero on the roulette. You know, you, it'll come up, but it's just like you're gonna not gonna get that very. You're not gonna get that very often. And having a good mix of experience is so important in a in a relegation season, because how many of those players have gone through in in your squad have gone through a relegation fighting season, and. I imagine, particularly most of the youngsters, will not have experienced anything close to this. The struggle and the difficulty of having to survive and having to just grab points whenever you can, knowing you're going to lose a lot of the weeks. It's it's such it's such a difficult position to be in, and it requires a guiding hand from. If the manager hasn't done it before, you certainly need the players that can help them out. And he's you've just got nothing. You've just got none of that. You've got none of that support. There's enough quality there, but it's bringing it out. Um, it is very difficult, and I do think that it's 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 kind of while there was a lot of promise, I think it was pretty evident quite early on where the writing was on the wall, but for how you were going about this season, and while there's you couldn't you could be somewhat supportive and say okay, company is stuck by his values, it's it's it was never going to work unless he tried unless he sort of pragmatized somewhat, and he's just clearly not willing to do that. I, I think that if you are, I, I would say it's sensible to stick with them now, I would say, because purely like, as I think most Burnley fans are probably given up on, on the season at this point, it's it's unlikely that you're going to stay up. Um, but there would be no point in sacking him now and changing the manager. I feel like you might as well go back down. You've clearly got a squad capable of coming straight back up again. So develop another, develop all these players for another year. Have that great season in the championship again, where you're dominating games and enjoying and, in, and enjoying the football. But then, company has got to actually wise up a bit. The following season, when you come back up and realize he needs more than just what works in the championship, because they are two pretty different leagues. Yeah, I think personally, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, we did have five loans last season, so we did have quite a lot of loans, but I do feel like, you know, we prioritised, you know, the wrong ones. You could say that obviously Martin didn't want to come and we tried our best to have yeah, Teller to come, um, but they didn't come. Um, and it's uh, unfortunate for us that we then signed uh, youngsters. Well, not unfortunate because obviously they tried to do it that way, mm. but for fans, because obviously they've done it, in my opinion, the wrong way. Yes, I think we'll get the benefit of these youngsters eventually, but now we're just obviously going to get relegated from the Prem and that's that's going to be that. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. And, and as for Vincent, yeah, I agree. I, I think he needs to learn from his mistakes. And although I do want to stick by him, as I've said, I need to see him learning from his mistakes. And I do feel like if we're just going to get spanked 3-4-0 off you, and then again the week after, I don't even know, I'm not looking that far ahead anymore, <laughs> but we're just getting beat 3-0 all the time. And eventually it will become untenable. So if we get beat 3-0 against you, and he's playing Trafford in goal again, and he's playing Zeki Amdouine, both of which have contributed nothing but negative stuff to the season so far, then that could be that. That could be the, the fans like myself who are wanting him in, but kind of sitting on the fence, turning. I, I don't think I will turn, but we'll see. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what we do. But yeah, I agree. We have to go down 
re not reinvent ourselves, but regroup, do what we did, go back up. Hopefully, I, I agree. I feel we have a decent squad, uh, and then and then kick on, and hopefully we can we can reap the benefits uh, the year after that. Uh, before we get to predictions and stuff, though, I just want to remind everybody that Burnley Slee sponsor for the twenty three twenty four season are about to unveil something special: the limited edition Burnley FC Uphold card. Set to launch soon, you can easily add funds to your card and unlock its perks, whether you're spending at home or away. The card lets you spend money in any currency, anywhere in the world. It's accepted everywhere. MasterCard is without foreign transaction fees. It offers a competitive exchange rate for added ease and security. You can pay with Apple or Google Play. Right, John, predictions then. Uh, there's not many. It's, it's, I feel weird about this one. Like, I feel indifferent because I do. you are clearly the better side. Um, but there's something about the fact that I feel like the fans are turning that might just kick us into gear. And it's, it's the delusion setting in, setting in again, because <laughs> you're probably going to beat us 2-3-0 like everybody else has done. But I don't know, maybe, fingers crossed, Solanke does miss the game, but then he's back because obviously I don't wish injury on anybody. Um, and then we just kick on from there and hopefully we get a win. Like, I don't think we'll stop up. Um, but I'm going to predict 2-1 But you can to Burnley. But you can see that I don't really believe that. It's, it's bizarre. It's it's the delusion. I'm just kind of hoping that that we do. Um, but it's 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 tough. It's tough. What about you, mate? Um, I'll probably go for the same scoreline, but just for the other other way around. Um, I do, I do think that um, my concern is not that we'll make chances because I do think that given Bernie's desire to play out from the back and their staunch um ways of making sure that they always do that just suits the way that we want to play down to a t because we want you to try and play and brown with the ball at the back and nick it off you and create chances the frustration has been that we're not finishing them but i think that we'll probably get enough chances that we'll definitely put one or two away um and then in terms of just that we haven't been keeping clean sheets very much so i, I really wouldn't be surprised if we concede a goal um but i do think that we should certainly be going into this game with a lot of confidence that regardless of the form, you know, with there have been enough good halves of football that I think we can definitely get a um, get a win out of this game. Yeah, like I said, I'm only predicting Burnley to win simply because I don't the Leicester game as well in midweek, I'm kinda of hoping you've you know, obviously going yeah. to extra time as well. There's there's a few things that if we were a half decent side would work in our favour. But I've seen no evidence to suggest that you know we are going to be a half decent side um, on on Saturday, Sunday, obviously. Um, but company needs to make some ballsy changes for this game. He needs to drop Trafford. He's not been good enough. He made a mistake again on on the weekend. It seems to be every single week now. And I've said it, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I do think he will be a good keeper, and I do think we will make our money back and make a bit of profit on him eventually. Just for now, he's not ready. We should have bought him in had Mjoric as number one, loaned him out to somebody in the Championship and let him develop from there. But at least next season, with us in the Championship, he will get um, a decent season of development playing Championship football like Mjoric did last year. But John, we'll wrap it up there because as I have said, I do need to start working about nine <laughs> minutes. But before I do, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and your content if you want to digest any of it? Uh, yeah, we're Cherry's Red Army on YouTube, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, with the channel in terms of YouTube videos is on a little bit of hiatus at the moment. Um, but uh, we will be, we, we're not stopping. It is just on pause at the moment and we'll be back with more videos, I'm sure, before the end of the season and certainly going into the next one. 
Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes you just need a break, don't you? I remember having one halfway through last season, and despite the season being class, I just thought, it's too much. Yeah. I would love a break at this stage now, um, <laughs> but I've got a couple of sponsors and I can't, I can't really, I can't stop. So now I'm doing it for the fans, obviously, number one, um, but because I'm contractually obliged to, because the season has been so miserable. But John, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always good to have you on. Really good, balanced opinions and pretty much hit the nail on the head with Burnley, to be honest. And to say you're a fan of a, a South Coast club, you know, all them miles away. I think I remember from you telling me earlier you don't live on the South Coast. No, anymore. I live in Manchester live... now, so I will actually be getting yeah, to the Burnley. Probably... I'll be getting to the Burnley game because yeah. it's not far away. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I hope you enjoy your your weekend, mate. Just just not between one and three o'clock on <laughs> on Sunday. But uh, thanks for coming on the show. Good luck for the rest of the season, mate. But after Sunday, no worries. Cheers. Thanks again for having me on. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.